Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Three. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Kimbo on the Reach with you on a lovely spring day. Currently 19.4 degrees outside. It's an absolute cracker. We're live from Studio Lumo SA here at number one King William Street in the city. Thanks to our good friends at Balfour's, Hyundai and IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Well, let's introduce the Rooch and find out how well he polls today. What's the matter you? Hey, got no respect. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? Why? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. I shut up for your face. G'day, Rooch. Is our Hello. bench a little lower than the 115? As long as it's not on 119. No, no, we've had it done. Fixed? Oh, it's on 115, is it? I reckon I've grown overnight. <laughs> Put the microphone uh, up a little bit higher really? there. Uh, yes, you I just said. have to turn up for votes now. Oh. Whoa. Um. Has yes. this been one of the more reactive results? Um, is there anything that you can compare to this? There appears to be some real clangers in last night. Uh, we can pick it apart a lot because... I know, there's always around, ones we can disagree with. There, like, are, there are ones where... Like there are classics where you say, how does a guy with 43 disposals not get a vote? Well, you go, well, because it's about the fairest and most brilliant. He may be the most brilliant, but there are times when you are not fair in the eyes of the umpire. No way. Well, if you're going to pick out 40-odd possessions, you'd only be referring to Eric Goulden. I don't think he comes in that category of being lippy. And that was in round 24. We we know of classics through the years of where Mm. players have had huge disposal counts, didn't get a vote, and then... Yeah, but you can't now because there's the dissent rule. So you can't be calling umpires what... Exactly. They did back in my day, Roach. Which oh, no, we don't li- want to repeat that. A little bit blue. We do not want to repeat that. So we never know about the fairest component. We can go through and watch Vision and say, he was clearly the best on ground, but we don't know if he was the fairest on ground. Well, look, we'll get into it. it it's but a when you're having 13 touches, one tackle and not influencing the scoreboard and you're voted best on ground, as Jason Horn Francis was, mm. and you do not get a coach's vote, I'm shaking my head. I think there are about 10 players that... Yeah. Uh, did not receive a coach's vote, yet received votes in the Brownlow, which is quite staggering. The other big one that was out early in the coverage, people were tweeting everywhere and it was on social media forums, was the Lockie Neal three votes in round six. We'll have a look at all that, Roots. Mm. Let's go through the show. We've got a good show coming up. At 3.35, we're going to be joined by an Adelaide boy from South Adelaide in particular, whose mum could be the first AFL coach ever, Julie, uh, Bo McCreary from Collingwood. What a story. I know. Looking forward to chatting to him. Picked 44 in 2020, I think it was. Three very good years at Collingwood. Yeah. 
Well, he's got a preliminary little bit final of ex- last year, preliminary final this year, now grand final. Yeah, a little bit of explosiveness about him, bit of a character. Seems a good human as well. So looking when, forward when to is, chatting to him. When is his mother going to be hired on an AFL coaching panel? Because she's got the magic. No, well, she has, Rich. We could have a listen to her pre-game speech that was on Mother's Day. We may do that a little bit later mm. if we have time. Uh, everyone were in stitches that day. And at four o'clock, uh, live in the studio, 2008 Collingwood captain Scott Burns, now Crows senior assistant coach. So we'd love you to ring through if you have a question. You can send a text as well, but if you want to chat to Scott direct, we've got him for an hour. And it won't just be about Crows. We'll preview the grand final. We'll talk about um, the assistant package to North Melbourne. Chris Scott's had a bit to say about them. We'll talk about the Brownlow. I mean, do you know what Scott what? Burns' record was in the Brownlow? Uh, oh, no, he had thirty-six votes mm. in total. Telling of the man mm-hmm. is he scored sixteen votes when he was home, twenty votes when he was away. So he delivered when he was in white shorts. Just, just a stat. Just um, a stat, Kim. Let me grab his details, Rich. I don't know if he'd be happy you're bringing that up. Well, it means he. He was very good home and away. Didn't have form that at was, home and different form away. That was all the votes. 36 votes he got. 11 was his most in 2002. Well, that's pretty crappy. 265 games. Not many votes. Don't bring that up. Maybe he's not listening. I think it's good when you're actually known to be a better player away than at home. It means you're putting in all the time. Roach, 265 games for all up 36 votes. Yeah, tough player. Pathetic argument tough that player. was then that you brought up. You should be embarrassed with Very yourself. Very tough player. He was. Uh, have a listen to this going back to here in Vossi. Player still got the ball out to Johnson. Johnson on the left boot with a dicky, dippy little kick. It oh. went nowhere. Burns and Voss bounced off each other. Two of the hardest oh. nuts on the ground. That was tough, that one. Oh, it was. Uh, Vossi just got straight up and he was into it. Uh, so, Rooch, a bloke plays for 12 years and he averages about two Brownlow votes and you try and bring that stat up. Don't bring it up when he's in here. No, I thought it was good that he got 20 votes on the away trips. You can argue the most illogical things at times. Well, at a time when we argue about Brisbane and White Shorts. So, you're saying, you're saying so he gets two votes in half a season over 12 years? Well, maybe the fair aspect of it might have got him. <laughs> no, very fair. <laughs> that was a crap stat, let's be honest. It's All a right, stat. <laughs> that was an absolute shocker. Let's have a listen to Lockie Neal when he was announced as the Brownlow winner. Brisbane. Yay! L. Neal. Three votes. And I declare the winner of the 2023 Brownlow medal, Lockie Neal of the Brisbane Lions Football Club. And uh, he wasn't expecting it, Roach. Uh, his uh, reaction was genuine. He was very surprised. And at times he looked a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. on being so high on the leaderboard. Uh, here's Lockie and his initial reaction. Yeah, not, it doesn't sit very well, Haim, at the moment. Um, I'm sure it'll sink in at a later date. Um, I'm, I'm pretty rattled, to be honest. So apologies if this doesn't go too well. Um, I did not expect this. And to be amongst some of those names that have won two is um, unbelievable. So the first player, I think, in about nine years to uh, win the Brown Low without being an All-Australian and his lowest possession count since 2015. So what's that, eight or nine seasons? However you want to work it out, eight. I noticed on the Brown Low coverage last night, Rebecca Madden said it's been 20 years since Brisbane were in an AFL grand final. 19. Uh, well, I've done, 
I didn't want to mention the war. I'm if just you were saying, born in 2004, going, how old are I'm you not, now? I'm not going through it. I'm just tell me, if you were born in 2004, how old would you be right now? 2004? Yeah, 2004, well, how I'd old be, would you be? I'd be turning 20 this year, depending where I was born. 20 this year? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to go get a $100 note and change it with you because I'll be ahead Will if you? you count that way. Well, hang on. The AFL and Channel 7 said it's 20 years since their last grand final. You count 2004, Roach. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. People so can have when their you, say So when look. you start, you're one year old, are you? Uh, I know. It's a terrible analogy. It's, it's as good as your votes for Scott Burns. I know it's three against one here. Brendan Lyons and Bumfluff Benny. Don't even try and talk to me, Ben, when I'm live on air. <laughs> He was going for his water bottle. I got a bit worried then. Thought he's going for the button. And yourself, Rooch. So but when we when we do this years. discussion in a year's time, you're going to say it's two years since we discussed this, are you? You're going to count this year and next year once. If we if we if we are to talk, there's a young fella out there listening on his headset. If uh, if we he's just agreed with me. He said my math's good. Good on you, young man. Uh, let's move on, Rooch. Uh, wow. We're here thanks to Hyundai. Don't be dramatic. <laughs> After that crap opening of yours, bloody dragging out Scotty's Brownlow votes. Uh, we're here thanks to the Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona, imagined to be bold. Like, without being dramatic, mm-hmm. a lot of people saying this this isn't the first time it's happened, that the most prestigious football award is the Brownlow, and it should be taken away from the field umpires. They have enough on their plate. So now five of them are involved, aren't they? Yeah, you got the four on the field and the emergency umpire pipes in as well. So you can imagine after round six, let's just go through this. And good luck to Lockie Neal. We'll be doing nearest the pin. We had someone that got it 100% right. I'll it's announce amazing. that. $150 IGA voucher. Well done. So you got five, uh, five voices. Umpires. Voices, yeah, yeah, right. Round six, Brisbane GWS. Brisbane win by 21 points. Charlie Cameron kicks seven goal two as a small forward and 15 disposals. Josh Kelly has 41 disposals. Uses the ball very well. Likewise, Stephen Cornelio. 38 disposals. Lockie Neal has seven kicks, 13 handballs, five ineffective disposals, doesn't hit the scoreboard and gets best on ground. How, how, do, they, how do they get to that decision? It's in, it just doesn't make sense. Incomprehensible. How? Well, this is my other point, and uh, we'll hear from Sam Edmund, because there was a time the umpires admitted they'd get on their phone to look at stats to assist them. Now, after the little hullabaloo. But even stats wouldn't help you there, would it? Well, I guess it would. Well, seeing that seeing he's got nothing, you wouldn't give him votes. Well, that's the idea. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, I get you. Hello. That, well, no, hello. Thing, well, no. No. Oh, no. thank no. you. The point, I feel more confident about my 20 years now. Yeah, no. that's the thing, Roots. They'd look at it. They'd take the stat. Well, I thought he was better than that. But no, he's only had, uh, geez, only had seven kicks. Well, mm. Why can't we provide them with those tools? It doesn't mean that the most stats wins. Eric Golden got 20, 42 touches in no, the that last was, game. That was my point. Sometimes you get misled by the stats if they're I just know, junk numbers. But they can be a guide. And I'm not saying yeah. Eric's were junk numbers, but right. a lot of them might have been behind the ball and, mm. and 26 of them were uncontested. Kick-ins. He may have taken kickings. I don't think he did, though. But, yeah, there's things like that. So I could understand round 24. I, I could live with that because Jack Viney was huge in that game. Um yeah, so why don't we allow them to have access to the stats? They've got so much to think about out there. Mm. Or 
we throw it out there. Would you like to take it away from the umpires? Or were you happy with the decision? All right, there's a lot to talk about. We need to go to a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to tell you who won nearest the pin last night. Amazing result. It was simple. We said, who wins the Brownlow medal and with how many votes? And our winner nailed it. The exact amount of votes. $150 IGA voucher. That'll be announced next on Kimba and the Roots. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Standing in the Hall of Fame. 3.18 on a Tuesday afternoon. It's been a combative opening to the show. 19.3 degrees outside. Hey, uh, we're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. And we get great support from IGA. And uh, the nearest the pins have been going off like wildfire. The correspondence and the entries that we get are huge. Last night we asked who will win the Brownlow and how many votes will that person get. Emily from Woodville Park said Lockie Neal and he would win with 31 votes. Emily is the sole winner. And M, you win a $150 IGA voucher, IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. And I believe out of, out of all the entries, only six people selected Lockie Neal, which is six more than what I would have done, Roach. Yes. Because we yes. do get influence. We don't see every game. But, no. Uh, you know, he wasn't an All-Australian this year, and this is the first time in nine years that an All-Australian hasn't won it. Interesting. Now, Roots, stack of text coming through. The umpires are on the field and are the best ones to vote on the fairest aspect of the award. Agree, though, they should have the data, as in the stats. How can that hurt? Dave from SA. Um, I don't think it does. Does it? I wouldn't have thought it hurt. No, I think they need all the tools. confuse them. Here's a couple more coming through. Kim and Rucci. uh, In round 12, Collingwood defeated West Coast by 12 goals. And Dom Sheed from the Eagles got three votes. Ooh. That's the same as Travis Boak last year. Remember that thrashing Port yeah. had against Hawthorne? Dom Sheed, three. Boak, hang on. Nick, three. Nick Dacos had 36 possessions. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? So, look, there's not always consistency. Normally, if you're in the winning side, you'll get the three votes. and that's Generally. Though. Generally. And that's yeah. like in the round 24 one with Eric Goulden. They mm. lost by 21 points that day. Mm. Uh, perhaps the umpires have been biased towards the fairest players in the voting for the fairest and most brilliant player for each game this year, leaving the back-chatting and complaining players to get marked down somewhat in their opinion for that particular match. That's from Jack Owen Lewiston. But point. we don't get a lot of back-chat. It's, you get dissent now. Um, here we go. We've had a lot of um, texts coming through that Jason Horn francis and Miles Bergman may have been mistaken. Oh, let's flesh this out. Well, this <laughs> so round fourteen is the classic game that everyone's pointed out. It's Port Adelaide, yeah. Geelong, at Adelaide Oval, and Jason Horn Francis has thirteen disposals, one tackle, doesn't hit the scoreboard. Mm. Not a memorable game. Doesn't get in the coaches' votes, mm. but he's best on ground by the field umpires. So the argument is, oh, hang on, maybe it was Miles Bergman who had a classic, and they were confused. <laughs> You've had a look. No, Miles only had six disposals, didn't get in the coaches' votes, and probably was behind Jason Horn Francis, unless you acknowledge his defensive matchup with Jeremy Cameron. Now he had some wonderful games, Roots, and you just said to me before, how we many votes did he get? Yeah, and I, I just had a look. How many? Not one. 
And then Matt Crouch. Yes. <laughs> I knew the manager would be onto this. So, As manager for Matt Crouch, what happened? I want all the umpires sacked. <laughs> well, they need access to the stats. Well, he was in the coaches' votes for nearly every game of the last six games of the year. Okay. Did, couldn't get one vote, not even one. And he's not a player who's known for any unfair tactics or speaking. No, no. Hell no. Just gets a lot of the footy. Let's go to the phones, Rooch. Uh, we've got Ange, the original Ange from Croydon. Hello, Hello Ange. Ange. Hey, boys. Um, yeah, a little bit unfortunate for Zachy Butters, but really, really excited to see that, you know, Horn Francis, Rosie, Butters. It's a bit of bit, the future of the club is right there, isn't it? And uh, it's pretty exciting for the next couple of years. But I reckon um, Kevin Wanganin in 93 when he won his Brownlow, didn't um, Williams, Diesel Williams, get yep. like something like 40 or 50 yes. touches and didn't get a vote that day? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, it's not the first time uh, yeah. we've had some anomalies and some rather large ones. But um, as we've said all year, and uh, Jason Horn Francis, you don't want to keep heaping the pressure on him, but he hasn't scratched the surface. Uh, it's going to be interesting over the next few yeah. years how, how good he will he will be. I've got to admit, I, I felt for uh, Nick Dacos. I mean, injuries are part of the game, but he was a sitting duck. Just needed another game or two up his sleeve. And, and I really, really wanted Marcus Bontempelli to win. And as a fan... You know the Brownlow medal has prestige and tradition, but at the moment you have more value on the coach's award or the Brownlow medal as a fan. Which one do you look at and say, that is the one to me has credibility at the moment? Definitely the coach's award. Mm. Definitely coach's award, because they've got time to analyse the game, you know. They they see it, you know. They've got other coaches telling them what's going on and... You know, the umpires have got so many things going on, like stand and don't move. Let me rephrase the question because I, I agree with the answer, but which is the most prestigious? Mm. Uh, what? As in, Out oh, of the awards, right, yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I guess... Well, the Brownlow's still the biggest. At the moment, Brownlow. Yeah, it is. But it's got 100 years of tradition. I know. That's what I mean. It's still the most prestigious. So if we can find ways of making it more accurate, and that's not trying to be demeaning to the umpires, but, gee, I know, Ange, as a commentator, there's so much to concentrate on now with the way the game's played and uh, without the pressures of umpiring, but just calling the game. And, you know, we have other responsibilities in terms of getting credits out. You'll have to do 10 time clocks and 10 scoreboards and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of distractions, and and sometimes you can get that engrossed with the game and you think, right, well, who's been the better player? Mm. Um, So as an umpire, I just think for all the reasons you said, you know, what's what's intentional or insufficient attempt that... um, Anyway, Ange, love your views. We're going to go to a break. Uh, Roochy, Rooch, Rooch, Rooch. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. On 3.30, we're here thanks to Balfour's, no matter your clubs, colours. Balfour's are for the game. And IGO supermarket, supermarkets, how the locals like it. A uh, few texts, Rooch. Uh, come on, Kimbo, you know you need your phone on silent. Rooch is too professional for that to happen to him. That's from Rocco. That Rocco. is, that is, that is wrong. It wasn't your phone, nor no. was it mine, nor was it Linesy. 
But it was someone in the background with Ange. It was Ange's uh, phone. Uh, appreciate the feedback, though, Rocco. Mm. Uh, lads, this is from Costa. Lads, I know the Brownlow voting has its flaws and mm. anyone associated with Port will keep saying the coaches' votes are more meaningful because of butters. Mm. But don't kid yourselves. The Charlie is what the players want and the prestige that comes with it, you can see it in their faces. I, I agree. It is the most prestigious award. How did that become a Port Adelaide angle? Uh, with Ange talking about he saying the coach's award was more important. And then I rephrased it to what's the most prestigious award. I don't think that was a Port Adelaide issue. Well, that's a general question I would ask most fans. Right. Who do you well, think? Well, you know, Costa's just digging. Yeah, he's, he's a crow's man. But what do you feel? Which award do you now feel has more merit? Well, I, just, I know what has prestige. I know what has yeah. tradition. Well, but two, if you were to say which one has greater merit, your answer is? Just waiting for you to let me answer it, Rooch. Uh, the greater merit is the coaches. The most prestigious is the Brownlow. And that's why I think we should assist the umpires, leave it with the umpires, but give them the tools. There's no reason that they shouldn't have access to all the stats now, and they're smart enough to know the most stats does not mean you're the best player. Mm. You look at clearances, you look at tackles, you can look at pressure acts, inside 50s, things like that, Rooch. Uh, here's another one. At the end of the day, the Brownlow or coaches' votes doesn't reflect the best player in the comp because, for me, it's Marcus Bondapelli, hands down. I wanted him to win as well, the Bond. Uh, here we got another one before we go to the news, Rooch, and then Bo McCreary's joining us. Kimbo and Rooch, round nine, Nick Dacos had, only, had 41 possessions, only got one vote. Collingwood beat GWS by nine goals. That's from Robert. I'd have to look at who got the two and who got the three and then go through the stats. We can do that for you, Robert, if you want. All right, news coming up, Rooch. And then if you're a Collingwood supporter, oh, I hope Charlie's having a nod at the moment, uh, you can ring through and ask Bo McCreary a question or send us a text and we'll ask it for you. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Thirty-six on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA here at number one King William Street in the city. Currently 19.1 degrees outside. Looking forward to chatting to our next guest, Rooch. He's a South Adelaide boy. He was picked 44 in the 2020 draft. Before we get to him, I reckon he'll recognise this voice. Words, trying to show things that maybe lift you to another level, but I don't think I'm capable of that, so I'm going to get someone of this. Thank you all so much for the hard work that you've done so far this season, going out there and doing what you do best, playing exciting footy and winning. You make us all so proud. And what a special day today in front of all of your beautiful mums and partners on Mother's Day. We're going to be out there. So go out there, make us proud. Believe in yourselves. Believe in each other. Chase that ball. Yeah. How 
would you feel uh, if your mum came into this radio studio and gave us a pep talk? How would you be going in the corner? Well, it'd be great. It'd mean she's still alive, Bruce. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, how did Bo feel through that? Well, let's find out. Bo McCreary joins us now. That was a special moment, Bo. Hey, guys, how are you? Yeah, yeah. not bad. Um, Were you front row? Yeah, it was. No, he wasn't. He was in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was in the middle. Yeah, it was. It was that unexpected, but um, yeah, she absolutely killed it. Obviously, <laughs> you can hear all the boys going off, spraying water. Um, yeah, it was the boys got behind her, and yeah, it was an unreal moment. So, Bo, that was uh, for Mother's Day pre-game. Did you did you not know yep. that Julie was going to do that? Your mum? No, nah, I had no oh, idea. Oh, oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> Who organised it? That's why it went so red. Oh, <laughs> no, you had your hands over your face. Who organised it? I don't know. I think. I was on AFL 360 the night before, I think, for Mother's Day with Mum. Um, we sort of spoke about it and then, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe the media team and Flyer maybe asked her to have a think and if she can do it. And then I don't think she actually knew until the day. Really? And then they had a Mother's Day lunch and I think they let her know and then next minute she was front and centre, yeah. Oh, it was brilliant. Any, yeah, any chance of their lining up again yeah. this Saturday? Oh, I was actually talking to our club psych about that today, but um, <laughs> I hope not. I think it's a bit, bit too much to ask of her mum for this uh, for today, uh, the weekend, but um, no, she did obviously an unreal job, so we'll wait and see. Look, we'll get into your career, which is tracking along nicely. It'll be a 60th game in the grand final, mm. 42 goals, and a significant part oh. of the setup now. You just mentioned the club psych. Uh, every club has them. Uh, how do you use them and how regularly? And what's the messaging this week from club psychologists? Um, yeah, well, it's sort of, I think all the boys, we have a meeting um, once a week with her um, in our line groups, um, and we just sort of chat about how we handled moments and stuff like that during the week, uh, or during the week, on the during the game on the weekend. So um, she's massive for that, and then sort of up to you if you want to see her in your spare time, um, and just either talk about anything footy to mm. family to anything. So she's, she's unreal for us. Yeah, pretty well. So she's she's been unreal for us. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just getting her heads cleared for the weekend. Um, it's obviously such a big game, and um, it's probably a bit of expectation. So just trying to stay as relaxed and treat it like any other game. Bo, two decades ago, I couldn't imagine Michael Malthouse doing something like that with the intense way that Collingwood and Brisbane went through those battles of two thousand two, two thousand and three. So what is it about Craig McRae that he seems to have this different sort of energy and brings out something different at Collingwood these days? Yeah, I guess he's probably just one of the, the new school coaches. Um, mm. He's very relaxed, very positive. Um, we don't really focus on any negatives at all. Um, we obviously mm. figure out what we need to work on each week, um, but we don't really focus on the negatives. It's all about how we're going to go and what we need to do. So, um, yeah, he's been massive for us boys, um, and he's just a very positive man in general. Okay, so we always see him smiling. We see how he performs in the media ranks where he's always pushing a positive message, like you say, but is there a hard edge to him? How does the hard edge emerge? Um, he's been pretty good, I reckon. He's maybe had a crack once all year, and um, we've obviously had a few tight games, so mm. it's probably expected um, a three-quarter time of if I was a coach, I'd be stressing more than him, I think. So <laughs> keeps a pretty cool, calm head. Um, yeah. But, yeah, very rarely he would deliver a spray. As I think I'd probably have a go a bit more. I don't think I'd be able to be as calm. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. I said you're living the dream at the moment. Uh, you were picked up in 2020, uh, pick 44. Prior to that, uh, you were doing carpentry, I believe. Um, you still get on the tools at all? Oh, no, nah, far from it. Um, 
my brother's a carpenter, so I'll leave that to him for now. But um, no, not really on the tools too often at all these days. Um, if anyone needs a hand, I'm happy to help out anytime. But uh, no, nah, I I'd probably try and stay away from while I can. And you grew up a uh, Port Adelaide supporter. Yeah, yeah. Me, my brother, mum, and dad were always Port supporters. We never die hard or anything like that. We never went to too many games, but yeah, we always supported Port. So playing them, it was always strange, but um. Slowly starting to forget that I used to go for them now. Oh, you, you you'd be happy for them to wear the prison bars, or no? <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that, eh? <laughs> no, we'll let that one ride. Back. All right, tell us about uh, this week. What what's <laughs> happened today, and what happens until Saturday? Um, I think we just, like I said earlier, we're just treating it like um, any other normal week, um, especially in the early few days of the week. Um, we've obviously had a main session today, and there was. A lot of people are training, watching us, which is cool and exciting. Um, and then we've got tomorrow off, which is always good just to chill, relax. Um, and then I think Thursday we've got another main training where I'm sure there'll be a couple more thousand people watching us train, which is which is good fun. Um, and then I think pretty well Thursday, I think it's going to kick in. Um, mm. It's obviously such an exciting time. And Friday, I think we've just got the parade and pretty well prepping for the game. So it's obviously an yeah. exciting week. How will the hair, I don't really know how, too much. How will the hair be on Friday for the motorcade? Uh, we're going man bun or just letting it run natural? No, yeah, we'll be we'll be leaving it out. I'm not too big of a fan of the man bun, so I've just got to rock that for the game. So no, the hair will be down. And if we made your coach right now, uh, who would be coming in? Nathan Kruger, Billy Frantman, or Johnny Noble? Hmm. <laughs> tough calls. <laughs> it's a tough tough calls. I reckon we've got we've got such a good list at the moment. Yeah. I'm not. I'm no one to make that call, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, it'll be tough selection, that's for sure. So one young... thing you do have is a remarkable record in tight games. Mm. Collingwood gets over the line so often. And every time we ask, the coach says they believe in the process. So what is that belief all about? Spot on. Well, I think we've just proved to ourselves and everyone else so many times that when we get in that sticky situation, we can usually get ourselves out of it. Um, and I think it plays on everyone's mind, mm. our mind, the opposition's mind. Um and we just have that belief in each other. It almost comes to three-quarter time, and if we're losing, we sort of walk out of the huddle smiling, just thinking, here we go. Okay. Good, yep. good luck, boys. Yep. Yep. So, I don't know. I think it's just our mindset and the way we go about it. You've had a few years in the system now, 22 years of age. Uh, who was your mentor when you first got there? You've got some real experience. Pendle's playing his fifth grand final, still side-bottom likewise. Who took you under their wing? Yeah, um, it's sort of... Not really anyone specifically for me. Um, I feel like a few of the other boys had a few midfielders um, jump on and help them out. But maybe mm. I'm probably going to go with like a Jamie Elliott or someone like that. Okay. Just sort of um, working with him. Um, and it's obviously good having Ginny and Bobby down there. Um, they're obviously so good with their craft. So we'll learn off each other, which is amazing. And then it's always good watching Geordie and that go to work mm. in the midfield. So it'd be good to hopefully learn off them one day. We talk about Tommy Papley being the greatest celebrator of all time. You mentioned Jamie Elliott. He'd be the greatest non-celebrator. He seems to keep everything within. Is he that quiet off the field as well? Yeah, he's, he's a bit of a mysterious man. He doesn't uh, give too much out. But, mm. um, no, nah, Jamie's a ripper. But um, I'm a big fan of the non-celebrating too hard, um, just keeping it mysterious. I'm a big mm. fan of that. So keep doing it, Jamie. But one of the great advantages you have at Collingwood is you're used to playing in front of big crowds. But tell mm. us what it was like when you've gone from the cars around Nolunga to a full house <laughs> at the MCG. How does that grow in your state of a footballer? Yeah, it's, 
it's off its head to be honest with you. It's crazy. <laughs> um, there's, there's never too much of um, uh, a chant going on in Adelaide. Um, but yeah, to be, I think last week was probably the most hectic game I've been a part of, um, fan and crowd wise. Um, I think it was ninety-seven something thousand yeah. there. I remember uh, when we were Hoskin Elliott took that mark and kicked it back to Bobby. I remember I was sort of lengthening back to goal, probably hoping to get a cheap one, um, and the crowd just erupted. And I remember I was running back thinking oh, I've never heard anything this yeah. loud in my life, like to the point where he is nearly hurt, like probably ninety-five thousand Collingwood members or supporters mm. there. So yeah, it was it was unreal, and I don't think many people have experienced something like that. That's for sure. Have you had the moment where you just stand there and absorb it? Yeah, always um, played a few Anzac Day games now. So after the national anthem, it's usually the crowd just erupts, um, and then sort of similar now in the finals after national anthem, mm. um, the crowd just goes off. So it's always sort of when you're standing there, um, arm in arm with the boys, you sort of just try and take a moment just for it to all sink in. Or sort of spoke about it today. Just when we get out on the field on the weekend, just take a minute to yourself if you can, and just look around and really appreciate the position we're in because. Not too often you come by playing in the AFL Grand Final, that's for sure. Uh, Bo, you've been in that many big games now and close games. Uh, the GWS game prelim final last week, how did that rate for intensity? Or is there a game that uh, usurps that? What's been the most intense game you've played in? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. That was It was up there. It was mm. bloody tough. Uh, but then also the week before was tough. Um, I don't know. It was a strange game the week before. It was a lot of contests, a lot of running. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the week... The week just been um, against GWS was full on uh, starting to cramp. That's when you know it's been a bloody hard mm. game. Um, a lot of sprint efforts. I think a few of the boys covered more Ks than they usually do. So, yeah, it was it was crazy. It's a lot of high-intense footy, um, but that's finals, and that's what we love and that's what we live for, I think. How bad is pickle juice for people that have never tasted it? Yeah, well, I think if you just chilling one day and you have a sip, it's definitely no good. But in the moment when you're cramping and the last thing you want to do is be cramping, you, you'll happily whack that down. And, um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's not it's no good, that's for sure. I don't don't enjoy it, that's for sure. But are you asking questions of the veterans, such as Pendlebury, about what grand final week is like, or are you just living the moment? Um, probably just living in the moment. Um, sort of a meeting today with, um, back to our psychologist, I mean, just sort of spoke about pretty well what I said before, just taking in as much as we can. It's obviously mm. such an exciting week. Um, we're obviously trying to keep it as normal as we can up until the parade and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think the key message is just enjoy it. Um, don't stress too much about all the ticketing. Get that mm. all out of the way. And like you said, yeah, like I said, just sit back, enjoy it, take it all in. And then once that siren goes, just treat it like any other game and bloody have a crack. Yeah, uh, Why not? Why not? How's the pressure been in regards to getting tickets for the game, yeah. and how much? Are the, how many of the family members and friends are coming over? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I wish I could have thirty tickets for us with you, but yeah, we've obviously get allocated a few, um, and then we get the opportunity to buy a few, which is still nice. So it'll be my close immediate family, um, and then yeah, a few boys from Adelaide and a few boys from Melbourne coming to watch me. So. 
it'll be good. It'll be good to have them there, and then hope we can get the win and celebrate together. Yeah, well, Bo, we really appreciate your time. We wish you all the best on Saturday. It's a once, possibly in a lifetime experience. The average person around the world will never ever get to experience what you're going to go through on Saturday afternoon. May the best team win. There's a text. We're live and interactive. We'll throw this one at you, Bo. When you finish at Collingwood, will you come back to the Panthers? We bloody need you. That's from Matt in Brizzy. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how old I am. <laughs> all right. We'll hold yeah, you to that one. A long hey, good luck, Bo, and uh, yeah. keep your mum, mum under control. <laughs> no, we'll do it. Cheers, lad. All right, Bo Thanks, McCreary bro. there. Uh, how good was it to hear his mum, Julie, again? Hey, Roach, we've got to jump into a break because you have to do your roast. Oh, a, yes. A yes, time-honoured yes. journalistic masterpiece. I know, have no idea who you're roasting today. I so think Bo's opened the door. Has he really? Yeah, I think he has. All right, we'll get into a break. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Standing in the Hall of Fame. 3.55, we're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Hey, just a quickie. Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game. That's the Super Bowl. It's worth over $70,000. Now, if you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is shop in store at Beaumont's before November the 12th route, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's applies. Uh, some breaking news coming out of Collingwood. Taylor Adams with the hamstring has been officially ruled out by Collingwood. Not so surprised because of the risk factor. Yep. So that's it. Taylor Adams off the list at Collingwood. So uh, can take him out of that equation. Brutal game, yes. can't it? And we're still waiting on Jack Payne with Brisbane. We won't mm. know about that until Friday, I would imagine. All right, Rucci's roast is a time Not the gravy? If you interrupt me one more time. <laughs> You're stressed out today. I'm not. I was about to say it's a time-honoured journalistic masterpiece. It better be. All right, let's make some gravy for it. They say it's going to be 100 degrees. But that won't stop the road Who's gonna make the gravy? Yeah, I make it every week. I'll throw it at Rooch one day. Uh, who, are you, who are we pouring? Uh, who are you roasting today? We're going to go down a time-honoured debate at this time of the year because very few of us get to go to the MCG for the AFL Grand Final. Mm -hmm. Many of us are filled with envy, Kim. Envy is the deadliest of sins, Roach. Don't be like that. Mm, You are indeed one of the lucky ones, Kim. Those of us who have used our media passes to attend and work at the MCG on AFL Grand Final Day have never taken that privilege for granted. As scribblers or broadcasters, we're repeatedly reminded how lucky we are to have a guaranteed entry mm. when grand final week begins with us writing or talking about fans and the club members who miss out mm-hmm. there are more who are left outside the mcg than ever make it through the turnstiles to a super event that can sell 10 times over perhaps even more when collingwood's involved yep. considering the combined membership of the two competing clubs collingwood and brisbane is more than 150,000 There is no stadium in Australia that can accommodate the fans with the strongest emotional interest in the outcome on Saturday. Let's do the refresher course on how the MCG seating arrangements are done for grand final day. No more than 40% of the seats, 40,000 that is, will go to Collingwood and Brisbane members. And we feel for those who thought they were guaranteed entry to the grand final and have missed out. 
Collingwood and Brisbane also share another 5,000 tickets for their sponsors, staff, club legends, and as Bo McCurry has just told us, the family and friends of the players. But what about the other 55,000 seats, the majority slice of the MCG? Now, they're, they're the Melbourne Cricket Club members, as many as 26,000 of them. They pay, it is pay good money for that. Yep. Yep. At least they now pay for their grand final tickets. That has changed recently. There are the AFL members, the stadium members like we have at Adelaide Oval and used yep. to have at Footy Park. There are as many as 18,000 of these, and they are fans who do pay to go to the footy every week. They're not just the once-a-year viewers. Then there's the top end of town AFL members who make up the Medallion Club. Now, you can have as many as 5,000 of them at the Mm -hmm. grand final. And then there are the corporates. Yes, we know, the major financial backers of the game who cannot be ignored when their companies are pumping millions and millions of dollars into the sport. Plus, there are Hall of Famers, Life Members, and former league officials, including former club presidents, to accommodate as many as 30,000 seats are dedicated to these. Yes, 30,000. 30,000. 30,000. My, my sister's one of those freeloaders. Oh. <laughs> and then there's the non-competing clubs. So there are 16 who do not make the big game, and there are as many as 7,000 tickets sent to Adelaide, Port Adelaide, Geelong, West Coast, Sydney, Essendon, and the gang. Some are passed on to major sponsors. Again, corporates mm-hmm. look after the people who look after you. Some are sold off at highly inflated prices to become grand money spinners for the non-competing clubs. Now, it's not scalping when you add a breakfast or a T-shirt or a cap to the ticket package. Yep. And these tickets can sell for as much as $3,000, as you'll see at your personal club's websites today. If you're looking for a grand final ticket, there are still packages there. Now, should these 7,000 tickets go back to the competing clubs, Kim? Certainly Collingwood prefer to have those 7,000 seats on Saturday filled by its own fans rather than those from Fremantle, Gold Coast or even Hawthorne. Oh, I don't think you should deny the experience. The allocation of the AFL grand final tickets always will create, create angst while so many fans miss out on seeing their team play in the big game. And considering how tough it is to make a grand final, the pain cut cuts even deeper. Mm. So there's no answer that's going to satisfy everyone. There are those 7,000 seats of the non-competing clubs, however, that might be worth reconsidering. So Kim and Joyce, Saturday, you're holding the hottest (laughs) ticket in the land, and there are at least 500,000 people who would wish it was in their hands. Well, we could talk price. No, 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 we never do that. You want to do a bit of that. What are you adding in? What are you adding in so you're not accused of scalping? I'm going for the experience route. So so the roast, in fact, was more of an editorial observation. Yes. Yeah, but I like it. With a bit of of envy. Yeah, but we have wonderful TV coverage. You have wonderful coverage on SEN, on AFL Nation as well, so you won't miss a beat. All right, it's a minute past four. We don't want to miss the news. We need to get into our next guest who's been good enough to come live into the studio, Scott Burns, former Collingwood captain. We know who he'll be barracking for. I think we do on Saturday. And a senior assistant of the Adelaide Crows. If you'd like to ask him a question, send a text now on 0427 154 166. Mm. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. We love Balfour's. They 
have been baking people happy since 1853. Four minutes past four. We're live from Studio Lumo here at number one King William Street in the city. Beautiful spring day, currently 18.1 degrees. And we're here thanks to IGA Supermarket supporting women in sport. Pretty wrapped to have our next guest live in the studio, Reach. We've spoken to him the last couple of years. He is definitely one of our favourites. There's no BS about it. Uh, you ask a question, you get a genuine answer. Scotty Burns, former Collingwood captain. How timely is this, Senior Crows assistant coach, to have you, Scotty? Uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, good to be here, lads. Um, how are you feeling about Collingwood? Uh, you were there for a long time. Yeah, yeah. well, they deserve it. I mean, I think the best two teams over over the course of the year have got there, so it's it's going to be an interesting game. And um, Fly's been fantastic since he's since he's been put in the last two years, and, and Fags has put the hard work in with a team that was developing, and... Uh, being top four pretty consistently, so they they nearly both deserve the opportunity to uh, put the lift the uh, premiership cup uh, yeah. at, the, at the later in the day. You know we'll be getting to your coaching aspirations at some stage in the next <laughs> uh, hour because you must sit there and see what Fly's done and think. Mm. Yeah, look, he he's had a long journey, Fly. He, he's yeah. been in a lot of places. He was development coach at Collingwood when I was there. He was fantastic. Went to Richmond, then went to Hawthorne. So he's had a big journey, and he's just a terrific um, people's person. And um, he's seen a lot of, or he's worked under a lot of good coaches. So we always look at the Premiership Club, assuming Collingwood and Brisbane will be. Which one of them would be the more influential on future coaches? The Chris Fagan style or the Craig McRae style at the moment? Well, I think you've got to get a coach that fits in with your club too. Mm. So, um, look, it depends what's happened in the past. You might have had a development coach type player there the, uh, the, that's helped um, a young list come through, and then you might need the senior pl- the senior coach to really take over. I think if you look back at West Coast a, a long time ago when Mick went there, that real hard-nosed Victorian edge, mm. it fits in at that particular point in time. And there's no doubt Flight I thought was the best pick for Collingwood two years ago. They needed someone externally away from Collingwood that really hadn't had... Uh, he had worked there as a development coach, but not a huge influence. It was Brisbane and Richmond were the major influences on him. And so I think it depends. It's, a, it's amazing how it shifts. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like you talk about the hard edge with Mick Malthouse and then Adelaide tried that with Robert Shaw, which really didn't work. And then you get to all these new new age cuddly coaches now. And yeah, how much is that about generational change as well? What, what do you learn about today's player that is well, different to when you were playing and different yeah, to when yeah. Mick was playing and different to when anyone else was playing? Yeah, look, you've opened up a can of worms here with me with that. Really? Because I, I don't think we talk about generational all the time, mm. but... I can I see players that I've coached at um, you know West Coast 15 years ago that I see today at Adelaide. Like there's there's a player who needs to put you need to put an arm around them. There's another player who needs to be ridden pretty aggressively. There's um, players that are self-driven. So it's more to do with the individual. Um, look, I think there's no doubt society's changed as a whole. It's changed mm. for the better in in a lot of ways. But uh, I, I do get we've got to be careful because the environment that we create. Can come back and bite us on the on the backside too if you if you're too soft or you you too lovey dovey when you don't need to be you need to be honest you need to be open, and I think that's the main reason you create those environments now where you know there's psych safety is that you can't afford to have those harder harsher conversations when they needed to be had. Well, just on that, where Bo McCreary on then he said that Fly never says yeah. a negative word, yeah. never. Well, he hasn't had to, has he? Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's answer. a good point. Hey, we got plenty but of time. What about also feedback, like? Kim and I come from a generation where you had to respect your elders and you only spoke when they spoke to you. How do you deal with a modern player who's speaking before you even speak? No, I love that. I yeah. love that in coaching. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact that they're invested. And, and try and convince me, prove me. What, what do okay. you mean by that? Yeah. Let's let's have a talk about it. And they'll come up with some some fantastic ideas when you when you open mm-hmm. up and you let them let them have a chat. And then it gives you a chance also. Okay, but have you thought about this? And what you find most time, most times with a with a younger player, oh no, I didn't quite. Okay, well let's have a look at this. I'll show you this player. 
who I coached 10 years ago, this is the problems he was going through. So you can have those conversations with him quite easily. So I think the, the ability for those players to be able to be open and honest and have the conversations with you is a, you need to create that environment so you can have those, um, the, the more dialogue. This is good. We've got a little bit of time up our sleeve. We'll just go through things chronologically. Last night was the Brownlow medal. Did you watch it and your views on the Brownlow? And do you think the umpires should still be doing the voting given there are a few howlers there? I think it's historically, let's just leave it as it is. We've got the yep. the coaches' votes now. You've got the, the MVP for the players. So it's one that's been there forever and a day. And um, Yeah, look, they don't get everything right, neither do we, the, the, the umpires. And it was interesting, though, because before I went on, or before it came on last night, I went on the website to have a look at the um, the predictor. Yep. And they, they had Lockie Neal winning it. So I'm not sure how much of an upset it was at that point. But when I looked at it, that surprises me a little bit. Mm. I didn't know. I, I thought Nick and... Nick Dacos and Bottom Pelly would be right up there, yep. those two. Um, but Lockie was a terrific player who he stands out with some of the things he does do. Least touches he's had since 2015 and first uh, person to win the brown low that didn't wasn't an All-Australian in, in nine years. So it caught a few off guard. Um, in regards to the umpiring, they're not allowed to have the stats. Surely they should have access to everything so they can have time to just let things resonate and breathe and they don't have to give awards or votes on stats the stats themselves, disposals, but you can see tackles, clearances, and surely that's got to be a tool that they can use. Yeah, I, I thought they were allowed to, except the dialogue I've heard, obviously, the last um, yeah. 12 hours, but um, I think that's more to do with maybe what happened last year, isn't it, mm. with the you know, the, the stuff that's happened, that mm. the phones are put away and they yeah. don't get access yeah. to them, but they should at least get printed out of copies mm. with stats. I agree. The fairest aspect of it is something we don't often consider because we're just looking for the most brilliant player, but they have to consider fairest. You were out in the field for a long time. You know how players behave. Did you see many players you thought when you walked off the field, he might have been the best, but he's not going to get votes this week if he, mm. for his back chat and all that sort of stuff? Oh, probably with back chatting, yeah. The umpires certainly take that on board. I, it's changed in the last 20 to 30 years, what you used to mm. get reported for oh, and yeah. what you get reported for yeah. now. Like Sometimes we're scratching our head. Is that really reportable? I don't quite understand that. So there's, there's obviously players out of uh, – wouldn't have been eligible to win it for the, the tackles this year and – the head mm. might not, yep. the opposition's head might not even hit the turf. So mm. um, we could maybe have a look at that going forward. Uh, just on that, uh, last week's prelim, prelim final where Brent Daniels sort of head touched the ground, not with great force, and taken off for a test. And he's off in that last quarter, 15 minutes. And really, there didn't appear to be any need for it. No, that's big. They're, they're pretty disappointed. And they should be, the Giants too, because oh. he's. When you're looking at things to happen, when you need a spark, it's it's more of those smaller half forwards, isn't it? All that big bustling, yep. like a Geordie to goey type out of the midfield. So they're so important. You're late in games, and yeah, that was a big blow. I had no idea they're live, and I, I didn't realise that until probably two hours after the game when I um I saw Adam's um press conference. Yeah, he was filthy. Hey, we need to get into a break. There's plenty to ask. A lot of texts coming through. We'll let you answer this one. Hi guys, Matt, the Collingwood supporter from West Beach here. I have two questions for the great Scotty Burns. One. What was your favourite match from your playing career? For myself, as a fan, during your playing days, it's hard to go past the 2007 semi-final against West Coast, which went to extra time. I've watched it quite a few times on DVD. And then second question was, what were your impressions of a young Scott Pendlebury in the three years you played with him? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Go Pies. So firstly, um, your greatest game, your favourite match? Well, the favourite game would have been 2002 prelim. Because we'd come from nowhere. That was our first final series for mm. a while. Massive crowd. You couldn't hear your teammate next to you half a metre away. The, and that's genuine. You can Yeah. No, nah, it, it would have been like the weekends. You know, yeah. you get that 90,000 um, Collingwood people that were there. And um, we ended up winning going into the grand final. So there's always that excitement buzz. Geez, we're one, one step away now from winning it. Um, 
And the second question was uh, a young Pendlebury. Pendlebury. Yeah. Oh, look, he, he always stood out with class. He, he was going to take a little bit of time to the extent that his body was still catching up. He needed that power. And I, the first time I really noticed him going to the next level was that exactly that game he t- spoke about, that West Coast um, drawn final. That's when he really stood up, him and Swanee in that game. You thought, here we go. We've got two good mids coming through now. Yeah, that's uh, back when he had the dreadies, wasn't it? He yeah, could have been. He had dreadies there at one be. stage. Yeah. All right. is, is, was he, Roach, in that time, one of the best midfielders for understanding the work he had to do behind centre? Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He's he's always been. Maybe we talk about it all the time, the basketball background, but oh, he, he yeah, sets up yeah. the play all the time. And I watched him specifically um, the other night. He just gets back to centre court, controls the centre grid and gets back to support defenders. But mm. uh, he denies access for opposition teams coming through the middle. Mm. Getting a stack of texts coming through. We'll get to those shortly. We need to go to a break. Kimba on the Roots with you. Thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. If you've got a question for Scotty Burns, send it through on 0427 there's a few coming through regarding Tommy Duday and James Borlace. We'll get to those mm. shortly. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. On a Tuesday afternoon. Hey, just a quick reminder, SENN, AFL Grand Final Day partner is Cobram Estate. Now, Roach, we have all the Cobram oil in here. We'll give one of those to Scotty Burns. It's the best uh, virgin oil you can get. Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil and OMF. Big, big spring sale is now on. Tune in on Saturday from 1pm right here on SEN. Well, speaking of good oil, mm. Scott, you're the man who watches the game. You know yes. about trends. What changed in AFL football this year? In the coach's box, what did you see changing tactically or the way the game was played? Oh, I think it's slowly evolved over the last few years where this team's obviously going a bit more direct and a bit quicker with the ball in hand, which was interesting last week with, with Collingwood. I thought early they went a bit slow. It was quite a dull game for that first half. Now, Giants may have defended that well as well. Um, but there's no doubt the Melbourne model, the Richmond model, where teams were prepared to go quickly um, from half back to half forward to their key position forwards. Um, not necessarily uncontested marks. I think that's got the game going a little bit quicker um, forward. So Malcolm Blight was right. He said, last time I looked, he's been saying it for 20 years, the score that, the team that scores the most wins the game. So it's better for the fans. Well, I mean, there's a lot to do. This is the, the arguments or the debates we have as coaches. There's, there's certainly field position, which is hugely mm. important because you can't score without field position. But there's also, mm. also time you need. You need to have the ball in your hand. Deny the opposite and wait till you can see that opportunity to go direct and hard back at the, the opposition. So there's, there's different methods you need to score. When I went to Hawthorne, they had the three modes, straight, zigzagging forward or, or yep. around. And it was really, you know, whatever the opposition give us, we have to take. So you have to be good in all those three areas. And well, Adelaide set the pace on that, didn't they? To do being more aggressive with scoring. Who was that? Adelaide was one of the more aggressive sides for scoring. I think this year. certainly oh, lifted yeah, the scoring, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's a terrific effort for what, uh, from where we've come from to be largely first for, for scores four, and I think we ended up second to Brisbane in the end. But, um, you know, we've got a very talented forward line too. We, we certainly back our boys 1v1. Um, the other thing, there's a couple of other little areas. Well, I think the boys around the stoppages, they're driving their legs better. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously good with our hands around the ball. We've been known as a contest team. Like we, we, we try very hard. We don't give the opposition too much in those contests. But what we did add was a bit more shape with our hands and a bit more drive with our legs to go back at them. And then I think the inclusion of all the improvement of, of Malia and Hinge back in the side yep. and Smith mm-hmm. across half back makes you go um, forward pretty quickly as Itchy well. Itchy Hinge probably being one of the 
bigger success stories this year. Uh, Tom Duday and James Borlace. Well, we're not going to hear from Tom Duday until after the grand final, given that Brisbane and Collingwood apparently both the clubs that are interested in him. What's your gut telling you? Yeah, well, I mean, I hope Tommy stays. I love Tommy. I love working mm-hmm. with him. He's, you know, we've got a, a younger back line and he's certainly been one of the leaders down there with, with Brody Smith. Um, but, you know, he's got a decision to make and, and you don't get too involved at times with those things when you're mm-hmm. an assistant coach. Um, and Borlase was fantastic when he came in later in the year. He's really improved each year. He's got better and better and was probably one of the better SNFL defenders uh, for a large part of the year. So that was pleasing that he got the opportunity and performed quite well. So he's waiting to get a contract. So he's in limbo. Is it fair to say that he hasn't got one yet until you know what's happening with Tom Duda? Not yet no. as well, but there's yep. also a few things going on with Category B that we're looking for now. There might be a couple of changes to that, so we're just waiting to hear back from the AFL in the next week or so. Hey, let's have a quick chat about assistant packages. Uh, the news came out yesterday. North Melbourne's being looked after nicely. I'm not a big fan for it. Uh, Chris Scott certainly isn't. This is what he had to say today about North Melbourne's assistant package. So there is a mechanism of equalisation within the competition already. If you finish second last, you get second pick in the draft, and they've had that for a number of years now yep. because they chose to go down a certain path. Mm. But the AFL pretty quickly has got to get to the point, in my view, where they just get out of the way and let the system operate without this blatant manipulation. <laughs> Good luck with that. He went on to say Good luck a, with that. that. That's how Hawthorne set up their dynasty, with yeah. their picks with Hodge and Franklin, etc. Uh, so, so where's the tipping point here? Where do you say we can't keep handing out free hits for teams if they're going to mess it up? And at what point do we panic if a competition always has one team at the bottom and then it looks terrible and you know, a fan base just has no hope? Where, yeah. Where's the tipping point on this one? Yeah, well, I guess when you look at North, I mean, we've we're probably closely aligned to us at Adelaide. We both made a decision around that 2020 era there to, to maybe go back down and, and develop underneath. So we, we've been on the same paths. <clears throat> the difference is that, that North have had what five coaches, if you include Patch Adams, in mm. four years. You can't get continuity. With five coaches. Mm. Now, Clarkson does a pre-season, win their first two games, and then yep. he's not there for the yep. rest of the year. So yep. it's hard. So I don't, ne- I don't think it's necessarily about their list. I think they've got a really strong midfield group coming through, a young midfield group. It'll, it'll match anyone in the next four to five years. So that's already there for me when I look at the names. Um, but, yeah, there's been no consistency or no continuity whatsoever with coaches, and that affects players and performance. So do they deserve an assistant package? Definitely don't deserve a 2024. That, yeah. that just shouldn't be there. Yeah. Now, you can debate whether it should be this year, but I'd probably hold my horse and say, no, let's, uh, like you're saying, like Rich said earlier here, if it's mm. a long amount of time that you're down the bottom, then um, let's, let's have a look at it. But it's only been three to four years. All right. West Coast in a lot of pain. You're familiar mm. with those. We'll get to them in a minute. Here's one. Uh, Scott, at the end of the upcoming traded period and draft, will the Adelaide list be younger than they were this year after McAdam and potentially Duday go missing? Uh, go, sorry, going and missing out on Redmond. If we get younger, then we are heading backwards at this stage of a rebuild in its fifth year, question mark. So if you lose a 27 or 28-year-old, um, it's going to make you a younger list. Is that a concern? It doesn't mean you're heading backwards. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's really interesting when you look at the, the age profile. So last year we were easily the youngest um, youngest list and in terms of experience games played, we were... We're actually significantly younger than Hawthorne were this year, which everyone forgets yep. about. So everyone looks at Hawthorne this year, 2023. What a great job Sammy Mitchell's done. Mm-hmm. They've cleaned them out. They've won their seven games, percentage of 80. Well, we're actually significantly younger, less experienced last year, 12 months ago, and won one more game, won eight, and set about 86, 87%. So you've got to be careful saying that youth can't get you to where you want to get to because if we sat here last year, 12 months ago, um, 
we would have been, no one would have expected Adelaide to make the eight. Yep. And we sit here right now really disappointed we didn't. We go from a percentage of around that 86 to nearly 116. So we've increased significantly. Mm. And we didn't add too much more experience to our list this and year. I, so. And I know we only chatted a couple of weeks ago. And take the, forget about the Sydney decision. And those sides should be 40 points down by half time. But, gee, there were some games you had chances during the year. Um, here's some feedback for you before we go to a break. Collingwood haven't got the defenders to stop Charlie Cameron, Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwood and Rayner. The Pies will get hammered, Burnsy. Take that from Robert. Well, you're making it sound as if I'm a rabid um, Collingwood supporter. I'm not. I'm the Crows now. I'm all over the Crows. Um, I, uh, it's really interesting because I love the the um, mid-size Brisbane forwards. Mm. They're powerful, quick. you got, you got obviously got Charlie. There's McCarthy. Rain has been sensational in the final series with his strength. Bailey or Zorko go through there as well. So they can really hurt you. But there's Quainer. There's, there's Maynard. This, this team can actually match him in that area. And... Um, Murphy's underrated yeah, behind the ball for Collingwood. So, yeah. he, he's a yeah. very, very good player. So I'm not sure whether that'll be the area um, that um, could win the game for Brisbane. I know they've got strengths there. But to me, it's going to come down to that midfield battle. Will they let the going and Chris get out the front with that momentum? Can they hold that up? Because Brisbane, the other way, can just get to that, that front of um, stoppages and get forward and kick those deep entries inside 50. We'll get your preview on that game a little later. We've got you for a half an hour still. We need to go to a break. Stack of text coming through for you. If you want to ask Burnsy a question, 0427 154 We're here thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Thirty-two, a little bit late for the news. Big thank you to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Lovely spring day. Seventeen point one degrees outside. Special guest Crows senior assistant coach Scotty Burns. Burns, he will ask you a couple of quickies here. This is from Joey from Camden Park. He's a Crows man. Hi, fellas. What will the Crows be targeting at the trade table and draft? And is there any bloody update on our new headquarters? Uh, no update on the new headquarters. Okay. <laughs> um, in terms of what, oh, look, I'm not specifically sure completely what we'll be you know, targeting in the draft, but certainly best available still. We, we just need good players, good quality players in. And um, most of the areas are ticked off. We still need a few couple of little areas. We'd love, like we've said publicly, get a big inside mid or a powerful inside mid that can break lines. I said to Gary and Chris before, that's the sort of player you'd yep. love to get. doesn't mean we haven't got it either because we've still got a lot of younger players that are still developing. So... Um, that's, that could still be there. That could come to fruition, hopefully, in the next 12 months with something underneath. Bernsey, how we often talk about this, and we know how important the list managers are. How much say do you have in the type of player that comes into the club, yourself and the coach, but as senior assistant? Well, we have a list management committee. So you've got that in place. Nixie's you're on, on that. that? No, not on that. So no. Nixie's on that. Then you'll get, um, obviously, Rue, make the big decisions. There's yep. finance. You've got the salary cap. So there's, they're making the final decisions. When they're arming and arming or when they've got any doubts with anything or they just want a, a third opinion from outside their little bubble, mm. they'll come to us and, uh, as assistant coaches and maybe ask a few questions, show us a few highlights. What do you think? Can this player play here? Yep. All right. We'll get on the Lockie Gallant talking to players playing in different positions. We'll do that. And we'll talk about uh, James Raleigh, what he's brought to the club as well as their forward coach. All right, Kimbo, on the reach, time to go to the news. 
The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Big thank you to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. We love their support. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Our special guest is Scotty Burns. Player still got the ball out to Johnson. Johnson on the left boot with a dicky, dippy little kick. It went nowhere. Burns and Voss bounced off each other. Two of the hardest nuts on the ground. (laughs) Memories. 2003. Is the bruising out yet? Can't remember that. Oh, come on, you can't remember as well. The classic moments of the yeah. NFL Grand Final. Yeah, it's interesting isn't it, that uh, 20 years, it goes pretty quickly. But uh, oh, it was like I said earlier, it was the, the prelim finals. To, to, to win those and get through to the grand final was, um, yeah, it was amazing when you'd been denied any finals experience mm. or success for probably five or six years, my first five or six years. And um, I, I remember that game specifically um, when Josh Fraser kicked the goal. It was around the 20-minute mark of the last quarter to put us up put both hands in the air. That's the only time I ever thought, hang on, we're a chance to win this. It hadn't yep. even crossed my mind in the previous three quarters and 20 minutes because you just had your role to play. And that's where Mick was fantastic. And, um, you know, he, he certainly believed in us. He, he he gave us roles that we were capable of performing. Yep. Um, and one thing he said afterwards was that out of everything he's done in his football coaching career is the only photo he had up in his in his lounge room was the 2002 grand final because he, he thought he couldn't have got any more out of that team at that point in time. Yep. Yeah, it was and interesting. There's about 16 or 18 blokes that played 200 games, but at that point in time, they were young. We were, we were a different sort of age brackets. 16 to 18 that went on to play 200. But what about the team you were up against, uh, the talent that they had? Oh, amazing team. When you, you you go through the names, there's always eight or ten that could have been All-Australian, and yeah. there's another six that were unlucky maybe to miss. Um, yeah, there's – and they, look, they went through a similar period there where they, they got those early picks with, with Lepic and, and Vossi was an academy maybe at that point in time, I think, and – um, Scots, so, so they had these early picks um, when they and were struggling, the refit, and the refit once Fitzroy went. Yeah, that's right, and they got that as well, which mm. which definitely helped them. I mean, Chrissy Johnson was a star, Oof, superstar. Martin Pike went up and was terrific yeah. um, going up there, and that that midfield was as strong as it gets. And um, you know, everyone talks about Vossi's the captain of that, but I always felt that Simon Black was the one that just always used to get us. He was just a terrific player, um, clean, just set people up so much, and he had that speed on his periphery that he'd give it to Fly or give it to Acker or, yeah. or Lappin, and, and they were off. So Burns you and, and Vossi sorry. bounced off each other. It's a brutal game, and we've seen it's a more serious game about the brutality of it today. Damien Hardwick won the battle. He got rid of the medical sub, became a tactical sub. A year on, would you keep it, or would you go with more on the bench? Yeah, I'd, personally, I'd sooner just five on the bench. Just leave it. Mm. And it's it's more to do with like – we can bring the player on at any time, which yep. which is fine. But it's more to do with the player. So r- right now, he might come on as a, a tactical sub, play 20 minutes this week. The team's done really well. Let's keep the same team. We'll mm-hmm. keep the same team. Uh, then the next week, the young fella, he gets another 30 minutes as a tactical sub. So in, in two weeks, he hasn't played much football. And then we get to – look, we need to change it mm. through no fault of your own, really. Mm. It's just that you're the, te- the other 22 were doing really well. And then all of a sudden at SNFL level or VFL or Waffle level, our team's got to buy in two weeks. Okay, <laughs> so you yeah. can actually you can actually get a player who has played very little football in four to five weeks, but he's the next one knocking on the door. So get rid so of five it. on the bench? Or six? I, think, I think five's on. No, I don't think I'd go six. I think five's easy enough. Let's just keep it at that. You're a Norwood boy. Uh, you eventually get back to Adelaide as a senior assistant coach. How are you enjoying the showdowns? Yeah, I enjoy them because they're, they're, they're big games. There's pressure on it. I... I 
look, it's strange. Even at Collingwood, I didn't get too caught up with the Collingwood Carlton games. I loved it because it was going to be a big crowd, mm. you know, and, and it was going to be it was going to be on. It was going to be hard. It was going to be pressure early, and it was basically survival of the fittest. Best team wins at the end. I love I love the fact that you know since I've been here, the young list we've got have to play a hard and Port Adelaide team, and they've got to step up. They have to, um, and you know over the last few years we've slowly seen the improvement where they had us. Then eventually we've we've got level and and this year was pleasing that we ended up getting a couple of wins. Uh, Johnny from Prospect says, uh, Burnsy, what's the plan for the midfield? Please say filthy Riley Thilthorpe, Peds Peddler, Rash Rochelle and Rankin are running through the middle. Yeah, we did that this year too. That that, that happened. Um, I mean, you got your main stars. I mean, you, you saw. Leary and Dorse, what they did, you know, at the Brownlow last night. Dorse has been sensational since he's he's um, gone to the midfield. Um, really pleased for Leary last night. I think he voted in twelve games. Um, I think he's an under, underrated little player for us, and he's terrific. But we certainly had Rochelle, we certainly had Saligo, we certainly had Peddler going through there at times. Just remember, they're only second year in as well, so there's still growth. Um, or Ped's his third year, but he's had a lot of injuries and niggles over his period of time. And and Thilthorpe has definitely been used as a second ruck a fair bit. So yep. they've gone through there. When you uh, sat so through the exit meetings, what's the best feedback you got from the players? In the exit meetings, from mm. a player specifically? Um, or, or, or general theme? Yeah, was there one? a theme? I think they're all different because they've all got their own little quirks and they've got their own little things they're working on. Um, most of, if I could say one message that we're getting from the playing group is that they're loving it. They're, they're loving the place. They're, they're loving the group they're working with. Um, and the main one out of it all, which Adelaide fans would be pleasing, is that, or pleasing to hear, is that they want to get better. They're not happy where we're at. So there was, a, there was a real – they were pretty gutted at the end of the year. Um, so they should be after the way they yeah. were treated that last game. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a few texts coming through. Have you got a sense of humour regarding the Sydney game yet? Mm. Yeah, give me that phone number and see if he's got a sense of humour. I'll ring him at 3am every morning for the next um, next week. Uh, yeah, give us your starting uh, midfield lineup for next year, given you've given Crouchy another two years. Oi! Crouchy! Uh, well, I'll guarantee, I'll guarantee you Dawson and Laird. Yeah. <laughs> Well, would, would you, here we yeah. go. Here, can open. Ooh. Quick, quick, hit it. Can open. Ooh. Can yeah. open. Words <laughs> here everywhere. Here he goes. You, you said you were proud. Now, Laird, he's a regular on our show. He absolutely hates it when I bring this up. It's all about team balance and team first. He's a two-time All-Australian as a defender. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got a few people that in options now can go through the midfield, and if Crouch stands up, would you consider having him as the small defender? We consider everything, Kim, no matter who the player is. But, uh, look, I, I think he's been... He has stood up. Since I've been here, he is the one that has stood up week in, week out. Um, and I think he's been terrific in that area. I think he's all lucky. I, I look at the, the All-Australian team and the squad's going, I'm not quite sure how he doesn't quite get the recognition, which is okay. We, yeah. we certainly recognise him internally. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's opportunities. We'll, we'll throw Dorse around at times. Um, Letty may have to move around at times. It depends on week in, week out. But at the moment, I think his best position is midfield. And... Um, like I said earlier, we've got some pretty good defenders coming through in, in Hinge and, and Maxi Michael Lenny behind the ball, really like Nan Curvis. Um, Smithy's still playing some great football yep. at, at 30 years of age. And I love the fact that uh, Wayne Miller got back from those injuries because we saw his quality at times as well. Yeah, he looks better in defence. And uh, Pistol Parnell looked pretty good in the sand fall as well. Yeah, he looked very good when he took that hanging. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> like used to be very strong over here yeah. until you moved him in the midfield. Yeah, he was probably the unluckiest football player this year in terms of he got knocked out round yep. two, missed. Um, he went to come in over in Melbourne, um, gastro, mm. 
And there was another something else happened somewhere where he's due to come in. And I'm not, I can't quite remember what happened, but he's missed. Basically, he was in three times and was out due to, to injury or concussion or something similar. Hey, Could you clear up one for us? We were hit with so many text messages about Riley O'Brien and his off-field studies and so forth, and that he couldn't complete them in Adelaide, that he would have to move to Melbourne. What's fact or myth in that? Uh, in what bit? So does, the, does he have to eventually move to Melbourne? Can he not continue his studies in Adelaide? What? Uh, no, that's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah. No, I, went, so many no, I think that was rumour because we rang the club and uh, there's no truth to it as far as they knew. And uh, I'm sure that Rob would have spoken to the club if that was the fact. So I think that was just a rumour. But it was running it was running hot for a while. Mm. Hey, take us through a few. We see players over the years. Uh, I can remember Sean McKernan and I used to think uh, Adelaide shouldn't let him go because he could tease you. You think he's going to develop. They all take a little bit longer when they're bigger. Elliot Himmelberg, sometimes I think the penny's just going to drop and he's going to be a regular AFL player, but it hasn't quite happened. No, and it's what's said. I mean, t- Texas is the one that's um, playing through football, obviously, the last mm. two to three years. Fogarty really turned it around at the end of 2022. Then he bent himself in ha- half at Adelaide Oval there early in the about five or six rounds in, and he, he struggled with a knee there probably for about eight weeks, but started to get back as well. We mm. think Fogarty's going to be a very good player, and, and Riley was the other one in the forward line as the second ruck. So... Um, it's not easy getting in. When he has come in, he, he has performed quite well. I mean, he kicked four goals in that showdown there, I think, uh, early last year. So he can certainly play at this level. Um, unfortunately, he's had a few little niggles, had a few shoulder problems, which has hampered some of his pre-seasons. And at the moment, he's he's got a, a pretty significant hamstring strain. So he's just making his way back from that. He's Costa. He always likes stirring the pot. How good were both the showdown uh, wins this year? Does the club like that Port uses the hatred messages to fire them up? And do you guys uh, feed off of that? No, we don't feed. We, we worry about ourselves a fair bit. We don't, we don't worry about that too much. Um, yeah, I, I know the LA supporters, they're loving it. They're great. We won two showdowns, but I'll, I'll swap um, finish in top four and <laughs> win the two showdowns. Of the grand final, how do you see it playing out? Mm. I've, I've got Brisbane just ahead. I think their, their two games in the final series have been quite strong. Um, I think they've played some really good football. Collingwood have a way, though, to, to negate opposition strengths and, and make it a hard contest game throughout. And The last two weeks, I mean, we, we forget even that Melbourne game, that first uh, round of the finals. Melbourne were like 60-plus inside 50s to 37, 38. Don't remind me. Yeah, and uh, last week, um, the Giants in the second quarter. They, the third? They, well, Start the, of the third was amazing. Yeah, that was too. But the, the second, I thought at half-time, Collingwood are lucky here not to be a few more goals down. So they had a great 40-minute period, but they dig deep, Collingwood. They find a way. They, they're certainly, I thought last week, Nick Dacos got into the game as the game wore on after five or six weeks out. So he should be better coming into this week. But Collingwood's defence was, was fantastic. And so was Giants, actually, to tell the truth, too. But Collingwood's defence was, was really solid, I thought, um, against some of those better players. Did, did teams get nervy about taking on Collingwood in the corridor? No, I don't think so. No, I think I don't get nervy. I think the fact that they're there, like I said earlier in the game, like Penelbury will patrol that area, yeah, and there'll be a okay, half forward yeah. with him a fair bit there as well. So they they set up very very well to deny you access to it. Now, if it's there, you you have to take it on because there's not too many opportunities. And that's why finals is is such a great thing to watch because there's probably only let's say a half a football. There might only be five or six times you get the opportunity to really hurt the opposition because they're not set up. Okay, so and they're you not make nervous the most about it. it. They just denied it. Yeah, I think they deny it as yeah. well as anyone. Okay. Uh, this year was a lost opportunity for the Melbourne Football Club. Well, from the outside it was. You talked about that Collingwood game. Uh, when, you, when you're coaching, and we know Goody's a smart coach. He's not, he's not silly. The whole world could see what was happening in that second term with repeat inside 50s, yet they just kept bombing it in. 
how, how do you change that in the in the middle of a quarter or during the game? Like it seems, I'm sitting there going, hold on to the football, chip it around a little bit, you know, yeah. like, like lower the eyes. But it was so congested back there. It was interesting because I thought Carlton were doing the same thing probably about 15, 20 minutes into that first. They were mm. winning it um, quite um, close to their front, like their, their 50. They win about 65 out. So yeah, the space doesn't open up. That's the other thing. Melbourne, mm. if you win the ball back um, centre wing or maybe on a half-back flank, there's a bit more space to use the ball. Sometimes with those repeat in-out in-plays, which comes from the, from your forward 50 to about 60 metres out. Yeah, and that's where it was happening. Well, well people haven't had time to empty out yet. So it's it's crowded, it's condensed. Yeah, you want to shift it a little bit if it's there. But at the same time, if you can hit that top of the the top of the 50, there may be free kicks, there may be marks. A forward 50 stoppage isn't terrible at times as well. They just didn't get reward for for their effort. So when's uh, everything start again for the boys? What's the situation now? You're off at the moment. When do the uh, younger players come back, senior players come back? And Yeah, we'll all come back together because the boys, uh, the younger fellas played in the um, SNFL, so they're always a bit later than the, the AFL boys. So I think it's November 27th. I think okay. it's around that period there. We get back, but we, we've got uh, – this is one of the, the areas I've been really impressed with the players that we've got at Adelaide even from first day in, was that they, they train hard together and they train from six weeks out. So yeah. even at the moment, the boys are getting together doing some running, which surprised me the other day. They're, they're, they're keen. Um, they love uh, they love working hard. They love each other's company. So it really puts you in good stead. Um, oh, lost a train of thought there. Um, I'm still in shock that we had – Two coaching vacancies and your name wasn't mentioned with either of them. Oh, that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> well, I wasn't. No, you were. No, well, well, we we made are. A, we are shocked. We made a decision as a family to come back here three or four years ago. Mm. Um, sometimes it's not always about me. You never rule anything out. But at the same time, we've got kids in school. Mm. You know, have to uproot them again to go somewhere else. Um, but more importantly, well, not more important than family, but I'm, I'm really loving the journey that we're on at the Adelaide Football Club. I, I you know, you go through, I've told you the um, the age experience, our age profile and our experience where we were in 2022, so 12 months ago, to win eight games where I think that's nearly the most the team's ever won from being the youngest or inexperienced to 12 months later getting to a position where we were just clinging nearly to that eighth spot. We couldn't quite get there, but improved significantly. And um, this is, look, it's a really hard gig for, for Matty Nix. Matty's come in with, to a, to a, a club where... They haven't been down for a while. So most of these other boys come in, or these other coaches come in, where a club's been 15th, 16th, 14th, 13th. No, no he, he came in when the club was just teetering just out of the eight with a really, I think it was the second oldest list ever. So he hasn't started the rebuild. Everyone says, oh, Nixie started the rebuild in 20. No, he demolished for two years. Mm. So within two years, so at, at 2022 was when the rebuild really started. Things were getting put in place, but there was a demolish. Let's get it down. Let's start again. So what he's done, I think, has been terrific over his journey at this point in time. Did you need to go so hard with that demolish? Well, at this stage, let's touch wood. I think everything's gone to plan. Everything's been working out. Um, Apart from the wood and the spoon. Yeah, but then you get rolly through. There are other things that do yep. come from that. Now, you don't go out to win a wooden spoon, but you need to give players experience. Mm. Um, the other thing, Nixie comes in, but it's 2020. It's a COVID year where you can't train yeah, together yeah, as well. Yeah. So not only are you ripping people out, like your experienced players are leaving, but you've also can't train together, which made it incredibly difficult. So seems a lifetime ago that. Hey, just a quickie with the assistant coaches. It seems a glamorous job, but you do more hours than uh, most people would do in the workforce. There's a lot of stress as well, and you're dealing with just not football matters, but the, the personal lives of young men. Uh, we see Port Adelaide. Nathan Bassett had been there for uh, eight years. Um, I don't know if you ever played. 
you yeah, played, played with Bass. With Bass at, yep. at Nord. At Nord, yeah. You did. Yeah, played with him. And you talked about your, your situation with family. I believe he's in the same position. Mm. Eight years at uh, Port Adelaide. Would there be a spot at Adelaide for him? Oh, you'd have to talk to those higher above me. Bass is a star, though. He's, uh, mm. I thought what he did at Nord for those years when he went back there. Um, you know, and, and he's got a bit of experience, obviously, in Melbourne as well, going over there to play. So, um, obviously, just wasn't uh, a player at Adelaide and stayed in Adelaide to coach. He, he's seen other things in Melbourne as well. So he, he's got a huge amount of experience and I'm sure there'll be um, people knocking on the door and giving him a call. Well, let's hope so. Burns, we really appreciated having you in. We've got about a minute to go. I've got to do this credit. Uh, in local basketball team, uh, if you're in a local basketball team and you love your coach, together with the advertiser, we're looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There's a prize pool including cash, merchandise and NBL experiences worth over 10,000 smackaroonies for your local club, your coach and you. Plus, register to play super coach for your chance to win a bonus $2,500. Head to iCanWin.com.au for more details. Bernsey, really appreciate you uh, popping in. We'll finish just to make it really clear with the grand final prediction because we'll hold you to it. No, I'm just leaning towards Brisbane. Norm Brisbane. Smith? Norm Smith. Uh, oh, I'll go Zach Bailey to kick four. Zach Ooh. Bailey, I love it. Okay. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, have a good break and uh, all the best for next season. Thanks, lads. That's it, Reach. We're done for another day. We'll be back tomorrow. I can't tell you who's on tomorrow, but we will tomorrow. We'll have a super lineup, I'm sure. Good night, everyone.